Hey Grow Girls, you are listening to the Get Up and Grow Girl podcast, hosted by me, your spiritual life and business coach, Leela Jasmine Sule. I'm also a recovering hustle hard, turn my back on my feminine energy, disconnect from the divine, my productivity equals my worth kind of girl. So now it's my mission to help you ditch that disconnected lifestyle and instead align and prosper so you can experience soulful, aligned, feel-good success. You don't need no magic lamp because you are your own genie capable of manifesting your own vision. So this podcast will guide you on your journey to finding your light, stepping into your power and manifesting your dream life and business. So let's jump in. Hey, Grow Girls, welcome back to the podcast. You may have noticed that I've been gone for a little while. We've been on a bit of a season break, but I am back. And this is the start of a brand new season. So welcome to season seven. I am just feeling a major shift. This feels like a new beginning. I've actually been deep in the inner work. I've been having my own coaching in a coaching container for nearly five months. It's coming to an end now. And so in having that and having that kind of structured support, I feel major shifts. I feel renewed. I feel an evolution of myself. And one of the biggest things I think you're going to notice is that I am being a lot more unapologetically myself and unapologetically sharing my work and not censoring myself because I didn't realize it was buried in my con- in my unconscious mind before that I was being very careful of words I used and I was dimming down what I wanted to say but the problem with doing that is it's harder to connect with the right people and I've recognized that by just saying what I truly want to say and not worrying about being too out there or how it comes across or people judging me you guys are connecting way more And on TikTok, I just did a post yesterday about why the sex feels so addictive with the wounded masculine. I did another post before that also just saying the thing that I wanted to say, but was then confronted with this voice of fear of judgment and, you know, might come across this way, might come across that way. And then I was like, wait, all this inner work I've been doing helped me to become aware of that and see how I was self-sabotaging. And also how I was stopping myself from serving you to the best of my abilities. So this is new season. This is a new season and I feel a different energy. So I hope that I am going to be able to empower you even more now by escaping that box and by saying what I truly want to say, which I think is also what you truly want to hear, what you need to hear and what will actually make the real change. So In this episode, we are going to talk about why the wounded masculine maybe feels so addictive to you. This was a live on Instagram and I also recorded on the podcast at the same time. Again, something new that I really want to stick to. So if you hear any interacting, any answering of questions, that is why, because I was just answering questions from the audience. And if you want to be there live next time and answer, ask questions to me. Uh, as we go rather than listen after the fact here on the podcast make sure you follow me on instagram at leela jasmine sule which will be in the show notes because then yeah we can vibe we can vibe together live but for now let's get straight into the episode i wanted to come on and i wanted to go a bit deeper than i've been able to recently in my short videos and 
dig into a very juicy topic, which is why does the wounded masculine feel so addictive? Why do you potentially find yourself continuously going back to a certain relationship, situationship, certain guy, even though you know it's not good for you? And often this looks like saying to people, he's so toxic, but, and it's that dot, 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 you know it's not serving you, but for some reason, you just keep going back and it does feel so addictive. Why is that? Firstly, before we go any further, I need to break down a little bit more about what this wounded masculine is. Also, what is the wounded feminine? So... Imagine this, like if, if, you, if someone falls down, if someone hurts themselves, someone gets wounded, we're not going to blame them for being wounded, are we? We're going to be like, we're going to offer them help, if anything, but we're definitely not going to blame them for hurting themselves or for being wounded. So the same is true when I talk about wounded masculine energy and when I talk about wounded feminine energy. They are just energetic traits, energetic behaviours that are reflective of our wounds and usually the things that we've been through the traumas that we've been through just life being life leaves an imprint this can be conditioning as well and so there is no shame or blame when I use these terms but at the same time when we are wounded we need to heal that wound right if you're bleeding and you're cut, and your wound is like wide open, you're going to tend to it, you're going to clean it out, you're gonna, you know, do what you need to do, wrap it in a bandage, whatever it is, so that it heals, because if you leave your wounds unattended, what's going to happen, they're going to create major, major problems, so that analogy is, is the same, it's, it's true of energy as well, our wounds are not our fault, but we do need to heal them, they are our responsibility to heal, So when I refer to wounded masculine, this is the yang energy. We have yin, we have yang. The masculine energy can also be referred to as yang energy. And most men have a core energy of the yang, of masculine energy. Most women have a core energy of the yin, which is feminine energy. The two terms can be used interchangeably. Yin feminine, yang, masculine. And so when a woman, for the most part, gets conditioned, a woman in her core feminine energy goes through life, has some heartbreaks, has some traumas, gets conditioned by, you know, life and society, she may develop wounded feminine energy. And I was in wounded feminine energy for a long time. When a man in core masculine energy goes through life, goes through his wounds, his traumas, his heartbreaks, his conditioning, he may develop wounded masculine energy. Okay, so that's the first thing. But why does it feel so addictive to entertain that energy, to date people in that wounded energy? This podcast is basically for you if you've ever been in a relationship which is so toxic, which is making you unhappy, the person isn't meeting your needs, let's put it that way, yet you just still keep going back and you can't stop and you feel like a kid in a candy store and you know your teeth are rotting. (laughs) You know this is just not serving you, yet you can't seem to, to remove yourself. You can't seem to stop eating the candy. 
Why does that happen? Well, one of the first things is, I mean, most of this I think is very unconscious, but one of the first things I want to speak about is this idea of a challenge. And you will hear people say this a lot. People of different genders, people as as a, as humans say this a lot. They say, I love the challenge, but the challenge is addictive. And that is one of the reasons that often you'll feel addicted to, the, to that wounded masculine energy, which tends to be very flighty. It tends to be inconsistent. It tends to be hard to read. You don't know what you're going to get. One second they're there, the next they're gone. One second they're replying to your messages, the next they're gone. One second they're giving you love, affection, compliments, and the next they're cold or they're not responding to you or they're ignoring you or whatever it is. Right, so that energy is very hard to predict. It's very up and down, it's very hot and cold. You don't know what's going to happen when. And because of that, it feels like a challenge, right? When someone's not giving you the things that you need, they're not meeting your basic needs naturally or easily, let's say, what you might try to do is to grind and hustle to achieve that. And therefore, because it's a challenge, because it's difficult, when we achieve it, when we achieve the outcome that we want, it gives us validation right? And it makes us feel really good because we feel that we've accomplished something, we've conquered that person. Men sometimes use this phrase in a way that is usually seen as a little bit degrading, a little bit derogatory, but this is the same thing the other way around. It can be seen that women will see that man as as something to be conquered But instead of, you know, just getting him in the bedroom, which is the sense that that sentence is sometimes used in by men, it's more about conquering his heart, so to speak, conquering those walls, making him open up and change and go from that hard shell that he's giving you to that softness inside and let you in um, warm to you, so to speak. And this gives us validation. Because it's that challenge, because it's hard to to get that result, you can link often your worthiness to having achieved it. It's like, for example, if there's a small mountain and you climb it, you feel good. If there's a medium mountain and you climb it, you feel even better. And if you climb the highest mountain, you feel like a boss, right? You validate yourself more. I just did that really hard thing. And therefore, I am worthy. And that is not necessarily correct, but this is the pathway that is often going on in the brain. And therefore, the highest mountain or the most closed off guy, the most emotionally unavailable guy, the most flighty and inconsistent guy feels to you like the highest mountain. And if you can just get to the top of that mountain, you will feel so special. You will feel so accomplished and you will feel so worthy. So one of the first reasons then to summarize that the wounded masculine feels so addictive is because it is a challenge. And often when we have that unworthiness wound, 
we associate the challenge with receiving validation. And when we don't feel good enough, we want to seek that validation at any cost. And that's often what's happening in this wounded masculine, wounded feminine dynamic is with the the wounded feminine is sacrificing herself, putting all her needs aside, her needs for love, her needs to feel safe, her needs for comfort, openness, emotion, emotionally um, able to express herself. All of that often does not come packaged in the wounded masculine. But she will sacrifice her needs because she's seeking that trophy, that top of the mountain feeling and that validation. So I can't stress enough that this isn't coming from a good place of like achieve and be successful in the way that we're deemed to see it as. It's where our wounds are causing us to act out of alignment with ourselves, to betray our own desires because we need that validation so much. So I hope that you can see the difference there because it is nuanced. And a lot of this comes from our conditioning. Again, things like movies like Beauty and the Beast is such a common one, right? He was this guy, the prince, who was not a good guy, who was, I think, very arrogant in the movie just painted as not the best character and so because of that he got turned into a beast as a bit of a punishment yet it's the beauty's job to save him right and to turn him back and because she is so special and so amazing and so beautiful or whatever it is she is able to break the spell and to change him from a beast back into a prince Right, so these subliminal messages that we're soaking in when we're a sponge, when we're a child and we watch these movies are just an example of how the conditioning affects us, right? Because we grow up believing that it is our duty to change people, especially the wounded masculine. The beast would be the wounded masculine, right? Or not even just our duty, but a testament to our value, we see that it's a testament to our value if we are able to change him, to conquer his heart, let's say, with our beauty and our radiance, right? So then there's this unconscious cycle, and I can't stress enough that it is unconscious, going on within, which is like, I need to prove myself. I need to be the best. I need to be the thing that can change him And if I am, then I'll feel good enough, right? So when we feel unworthy, we play out these cycles even more. When we have a strong sense of self-worth though, when we've healed a lot of this conditioning, which is not our fault, but we have taken charge and, and healed all of that, we don't need to get to the top of that mountain to prove ourselves. We don't need to maybe, let's describe it as, climb that mountain, but lose a limb on the way just to prove ourselves because we already feel and know our worth within. Okay, so hey Ruth. So the first one, why does it feel so addictive, this wounded masculine? It's because it's a challenge and it gives us more validation. And when we are in the wounded feminine, that deep unworthiness wound that many of us have, so again, no shame, is driving us because we have not yet taken control of it 
and healed that wound and stop living from this place of scarcity of feeling like we're not good enough. Okay, so let me keep checking that I am definitely recording the podcast. (laughs) Number two, and I love this one because this is where it gets a little bit like into the psychology behind it as deeper um, and the body as well. Why is this, what is the second reason why the wounded masculine feels so addictive? It's because we often do not feel safe inside. And again, this is a trait of the wounded feminine. So you're probably starting to recognize a theme here, which is that the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine attract each other. The wounded feminine is very attracted to the wounded masculine for a number of these reasons that I'm breaking down. So it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that when you heal, you stop feeling drawn to the wounded masculine. It stops fulfilling you. You stop entertaining it and attracting it because those wounds, it's kind of like each wound fills each other in like like puzzle pieces. So because we often don't feel safe when we have that wounded feminine energy within, the wounded masculine is just triggering that wound even further, right? Their inconsistency, the fact that we don't know what to expect that the wounded masculine is not someone who's going to text you every day, good morning at the same time of day. He's not someone who's going to ask you how you are every day. He's someone that you, as hard as you might try, cannot find a pattern. You might be like, okay, I'm probably going to hear from him in the evening because I normally hear from him in the evening. It will not work with the wounded masculine because there's no consistency. You don't know what he's going to do. He might say, yeah, I'll see you on the weekend. But then you might not hear from him in the week. You might not hear from him on the weekend. You might not find that that plan ever comes to fruition. It's just inconsistent, flighty energy. Again, as a result of their wounds that they have yet to take control of and heal. But because of this inconsistency and not knowing what to expect, this creates a feeling of not being safe right? And especially when you're in wounded feminine energy, you already have that feeling. You might not feel safe in your body because of trauma, unfortunately. You might not feel safe to express yourself just as a being emotionally because you've been emotionally repressed and shut down or gaslighted. Because our society is not that comfortable with open expression of emotions. Safety is not just about your physical safety. Your central nervous system does not feel safe because it's in fight or flight mode, again, because it doesn't know what to expect. So because that wound is already there and then this wounded masculine person comes along and exacerbates it even more with their behavior that you can't predict, that is so inconsistent and so flighty, you're going to feel even worse, right? You're going to feel even more unsafe. So you might be thinking, well, then the obvious thing to do would be to remove myself. I don't feel safe, so I'm going to leave. But when you're in the wounded feminine in particular and you feel so unsafe, you don't have your own sense perhaps of inner safety. And that's usually what it is, is that we don't have our own inner safety. So we're seeking that safety outside and often we're seeking it from men, from the masculine, because that's supposed to be that safe space for us. And so... As we don't have that safety within, we can't just walk away. 
the wounded feminine can't just walk away and be like, that's, this isn't making me safe. So I'm going to go within where I do feel safe because that safe space within doesn't exist. So what's actually going to happen counterproductive as it may seem is that you're going to try and complete that cycle. You don't feel safe. You don't feel safe. So you're going to keep going back to try to get them to make you feel safe because the more they trigger it, the more you want to know that you are safe. And I definitely have done this in the past. It seems so counterproductive, I know, counterintuitive as well. Because you'd think, well, just go to someone else who gives you that safety. But often, with the wounded masculine, sometimes they make you feel safe. Sometimes they're present. Sometimes they'll see you. Sometimes they'll give you love, affection, whatever it is, presence. And then other times they won't. So because you've had that safety and then it was gone... They were one way and now they're not. You want to complete that cycle. You want to go back to where it was safe. You want to bring it back to that bit that felt good. You want to restore that sense of safety. And the more you don't feel safe, the more you're drowning, the more you're trying to doggy paddle or tread water and get back up to where it was safe to shore, right? So it's, it's a natural sort of survival instinct, if you like, a fight or flight response is that if you're drowning, you're going to keep fighting, right? You're not going to just let it happen until you have no energy left. So you might feel that the right thing to do is to just keep treading water. And we want to make it good again. And that's why it's so addictive, because you feel that you need to get to that point of safety again. You need to restore the safety that you lost. And that that sense of safety that you can't give yourself from within, you're looking for it from them. You want that guy to give you that sense. And again, this is unconscious. Often we will not know that this is what's going on. We won't realize that we don't feel safe inside often because our ego is doing the best it can to protect us from that because it's very scary to realize the depth of some of these wounds but of course when we do recognize it that is when we can heal it but we will often not see this going on we'll just keep being drawn to that person we just keep feeling like we need to go back to that person because we are trying to restore this sense of inner safety So that's the second one. And let me get to one of my favorite ones now on the juicy point, which is that this masquerades itself. Like I said, it's often unconscious, so we don't realize. And it masquerades itself as the sentence, he's so toxic, but insert whatever it is. Often it's he makes me feel so good, but he's just addictive. But when I'm around him, I feel X, Y, Z. And the most common one that I've ever heard is, he's so toxic, but the sex is so good. That is the reason that so many people keep going back. And I was speaking about this on TikTok yesterday. But this is a fallacy as well. This is just actually a reaction going on in your body that makes you think that it's just the chemistry. Because when we say the sex is so good, what we actually mean often as people in core feminine energy, is we mean, I think that the effect, the chemistry is so powerful. And so I do think that actually he, he is the one or he is special, or there is really something there because the sex feels so good. You believe that's because of the chemistry and connection, right? 
and you believe that the sex feels so good because also yes there's chemistry and connection but also he does care for you and so it's all of this stuff that makes us reinforce to ourselves that actually I should stay and it is worth it (laughs) Ruth knows like it's just always the one but actually hopefully what I'm gonna open your eyes to and enlighten you on is that that good sex and we're gonna deny that it might feel good and it might feel addictive is actually not representative of the connection, chemistry, or feelings there from his side or from yours. What is actually going on is a response in your central nervous system. I love this stuff. It gets me excited. (laughs) So what's actually happening is because the dynamic with this wounded masculine is so flighty, is so inconsistent, and we've, as we've discussed, you don't know what to expect. Your central nervous system responds to this. Sorry for the sirens. I needed to set up this whole thing. Let's just wait. <laughs> okay, so when you do something, you act in a certain way. Usually what happens is we, we do something, we act in a good way, we get a reward of some sort. Like, for example, in a relationship, we are open and loving and we get love back or we're respectful, we get respect back. We act in a certain way, we get a good response. If we act in a negative way, for example, we shout and we're aggressive and rude, we're probably gonna get a punishment. That person's probably gonna go quiet to us, shut off from us, or maybe retaliate. And so our central nervous system knows what to expect. We do this, we get this, we do that, we get that. Makes sense, right? And so we get like a nice level of calmness, um, of, of knowing what to expect. But when you're in a situationship, a toxic relationship, whatever it is with the wounded masculine, you don't have that sense of understanding what's going to happen, that sense of security of the outcome, because you have no idea what to expect, because you might act in one way and get this result, and he might be warm and loving, and then the next time, he might give you a completely different response. So you do not know what to expect because of that flighty energy. So because of that, when you do get that good response you get a dopamine hit right and so that's the first thing it's because you do do because you do not know what to expect you get that dopamine hit when you do get the reward in the form of love sex whatever it is secondly when you're in a situation with the wounded masculine often the affection and love is very, very hard to predict. You're not always going to get it. In fact, a lot of the time you will be in a deficit. And so you're you're in lack. And therefore, because you're sort of deprived of that love, that affection, and I also mean when I say love and affection, just being heard, being seen, being given any physical affection. Because you're deprived of that, when you have sex, your body associates it with that, right? It's the only time you're getting physical touch, affection, attention on you, you get a dopamine hit because you've been in deprivation and now suddenly you're in abundance of it, you get a dopamine hit. So again, it's such a high high that that is what you're addicted to. You're not addicted to no magic aubergine, you are addicted to the dopamine hit, 
that you get as a response to this sort of famine mode that he might put you in again maybe unintentionally and then suddenly you're in feast mode when you get that quality time together and that intimacy and I definitely have been in that cycle where physical affection a hand a holding of the hand a kiss on the cheek or the forehead non-sexual intimacy was non-existent in in the situationship so the only time I would get that intimacy which is a human desire and need was during intimacy of a sexual nature right me trying to say this in a professional way in case my dad watches this (laughs) so the dopamine hit was real and that is what keeps you going back because it feels so it releases all of these feel-good hormones right the the oxytocin the dopamine it's all just even adrenaline it's all just like creating this cocktail that we can mistake for love and for chemistry when actually what it's actually a result of is consistently not having our needs met and then getting them met once in a blue moon so I hope that that would help you reframe this Because often I remember feeling that cocktail and being like, oh, this is amazing. We have such a connection. This is obviously, this wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't right for me. The lie we like to tell ourselves. And now when I can look back and and when I got out of that, it happened because I started to recognize this when I was in it and it stopped being so attractive. Because as you heal, it will stop being so attractive. I started to recognize this thing that I think is because of so much love and connection is actually because I am so deprived because I am in such a toxic situation that the one time I get love, it makes me feel that good because I am so deprived most of the time. And that is a breakthrough that will help you to heal. Realizing that this is not healthy. This is actually my body in a trauma response. I've been deprived of my basic needs for so long that my body is now responding with this rush of feel-good hormones, but it's because I haven't had this feeling. I haven't had little drops of love, affection, attention that you should have in a relationship. So now this little morsel, if you really think about it, that I'm getting is feeling so amazing, so euphoric, because I've acclimatized to getting so little and sometimes that for me was a moment of like what am I allowing myself what am I doing to myself think of my younger self and what I'm putting her through and she doesn't deserve this and she deserves consistent love and affection and attention and she deserves to feel affection and care without having to be naked as well intimacy is beautiful but shouldn't be the only way that you feel loved and respected and that's a breakthrough moment question from Ruth you're probably going to come to this bit but what were the key things you eventually felt when you dated a healed masculine guy oh I love this question um so I think if I'm going to be fully honest with you something that did that does happen and it didn't happen with me when getting into this relationship by then it just this relationship with a divine masculine person a healed masculine person felt so good from the very beginning it felt I describe like I describe it as like getting into a warm bath 
it was just like oh this feels good like it feels kind of euphoric in its own way right um but before I was fully healed but I was healing I would come across divine masculine energy healed masculine energy and if I'm honest with you it felt boring boring and this is something to really look out for because again this is a trauma response the reason that somebody being consistent with you consistently meeting your needs someone who you know what to expect from who's not going to leave you high and dry can feel boring because again your central nervous system is so attuned to famine 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 deprivation basic needs not being met no love no affection no attention sudden hit which again feels so good because you've been deprived your body is so used to that 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 high high feels feels so good that someone being consistent it doesn't feel as good to your central nervous system and that's a scary place to be and that can be why we go around in this circle again and again yeah that's why we can go around and around in this circle again and again because we then think okay there's no connection here there's nothing worth having here it's not right there's probably no connection there's no chemistry because i'm bored but actually often you might not be bored like if you're with the person and they're talking and you're just like ugh that might be boredom but if it's just that you don't feel that magnetic pull like you have to see them again afterwards and when you're with them it doesn't feel like you're on top of the the globe that can just be because what you're used to was affecting your central nervous system in such a way and we can miss out on a good thing (laughs) and I definitely think that when I was dating people and I was still stuck in that wounded feminine energy and therefore I was really experiencing those hits of you know my needs not being met so much and then suddenly getting them met I was did have people good I did have good guys come along and I can really see now who they were and you know everything in the end worked out for the best and I also think that maybe yeah it's all about divine timing but there were good people there were people who weren't meeting my needs and who who could have treated me how I wanted to and at the time you're stuck in the narrative that only bad guys come 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 along I only attract wounded masculine energy because you don't see the divine right and again this is about the reticular activating system in the brain you don't see the divine because you're so focused your beliefs have been so focused on the wounded masculine that the filter in your brain is then just trying to reinforce what you put out there and every time you say I only attract the wounded masculine the brain is backing up that statement with data so it's only filtering the data that fits with that statement to you it's only showing you the wounded guy it's not showing you the divine guy you're not aware you're not looking you're blinded if you like but that said so that was as I was healing the more I healed though the more I started to to notice that divine energy and that healed energy and the more it did start to feel good I would say it happened gradually it gradually started to feel good I'd gradually notice things and I always laugh because I'd always be like on the group chat with a couple of the friends that I'd got really into this feminine energy work, feminine and masculine energy work. And I'd be like, oh my God, he said this, so divine masculine energy. 
oh my god like he did this and it was such basic things I can't I can't think of an example it's not coming to my head but such basic things or things that I would have previously thought to be boring genuinely felt sexy genuinely got that engine revving and genuinely got that result that you know we want to feel that real like pull towards someone but that was towards you know when I'd been really working through my healing journey and I w- I'd made some major progress and as I always speak about that is how I believe I manifested this relationship because as we know for those who know the story he was across the road the whole time he was waving at me for nearly two years we had even met two years before we ever properly spoke because we were both at carnival at the same time and he came over and said hi and I didn't know who he was and then after that I didn't think I didn't even think about him in that way right whereas now it's kind of crazy like once I was healed I remember walking past one day looking at him and being like he's so I felt so attracted and that's energy right the energy was attracting me whereas before maybe it was you know it was divine energy healed energy didn't feel exciting to me But once I healed, it felt so, so good. Better than those dopamine hits in a different way, though, which is interesting. Let's catch up on these comments. That's exactly how I'm feeling. And I know it's just a trauma response from my part. Yes, it is a trauma response. And knowing that and having that consciousness that, you know, finding maybe people who do treat you well, who do meet those needs consistently, boring is a trauma response. And when you know that, you can be patient with yourself. It doesn't mean though that you need to force yourself to be with that person. I think that's really important to say because it's nuanced as to whether they're the right person or not. Um, If you're not feeling the pull, it's just, it's all about timing, right? You have more healing to do. Maybe you will come back to that person. Maybe they were just a nice person along the way who gave you a taste of what you actually deserve. Who knows? But just because someone does treat you good, you also don't need to fall into the trap of thinking that you have to be with that person. What else did you say? Do you think you can be in love if you're in your wounded feminine energy and the guy is also in his wounded masculine? These questions, these questions are very, very good. You're really prompting something. Um... It's difficult to say, so I'm just going to channel my intuition. My intuition would say, I think you can be wounded and be in love. I think you can be. I think it's harder to determine whether you're actually in love, though, when you're wounded. Because of all of this stuff I've just explained, all of this stuff that's going on in the central nervous system, it's much easier to mistake a dependency, um, a need to try to, um, I don't know how to put it, like live from those wounds. It's easier to mistake all of that for love. And it's easier to to mistake, you know, as being in survival mode and just looking for, again, that inner feeling of safety to complete the cycle or the dopamine hit for love. I don't think you I don't think it's impossible to be in love when you're wounded. I think we're all worthy of love. Um for sure. But I definitely think it's harder because often we're not living from okay, this is how I'm going to put it. 
to experience a deep connection with somebody else, you need to have a deep connection within yourself. You can only experience love with another to the depth of the level of love you have with yourself. You can only experience connection and consciousness with somebody else if you have it within. And so when you're wounded, I think the, the type of love, the depth of the love is different. And I think it is more shallow because we're living often from validation. When we're in wounded masculine or wounded feminine energy, we are living from our ego's needs for validation, for safety, for feeling yeah worthy, good enough, all of this, for the dopamine hits instead of our true aligned self or our soul. And we're living from these coping mechanisms. So when we bond and what what makes us feel fulfilled even, even if it's healthy, is more the things that meet those needs and that, that validate us and that give us, you know, that little top up of feeling worthy as opposed to a true connection that is deeper than just you make me feel better about myself right we can go for often people look for partners just to complete them because they haven't completed something within I do believe it's a human desire to seek a partner so I'm not saying that we should all just be alone I think it's a beautiful thing but I think that some of us a lot of us seek it for the wrong reasons um we seek it to to fill what we can't give ourselves because it's too painful to go there. And again, I did this for such a long time. That's why one of the biggest areas I speak about is relationships and it's become such a big part of my work is because throughout my life, I tried to validate myself with achieving, which is why I talk so much about business and achieving goals in a healthy way, because I did it in the unhealthy way. I tried to validate myself through business goals and achieving, and I tried to validate myself through love and having relationships um, with people who could validate me. So yes, I think you can be in love, but I think it's very, very, very easy to mistake all the things I've explained for love when you're in wounded energy. And I also think the depth of love and connection that you can experience is so much deeper once you heal. And I think that's a really nice place to potentially tie this up, unless you have any more questions. I love those. Thank you. They really, I'd finished my notes like 10 minutes ago and I was a bit like, hmm. And then the universe brought me you to give me these great questions so that I could answer them and get to a new level with this episode that I didn't expect to get to. So thank you for asking those. And yeah, hopefully this has enlightened you guys to why you feel addicted and why you might feel stuck and hopefully you can see now that you're not stuck that he doesn't have a magic aubergine that you're not just meant for each other because there's so much chemistry connection love and feelings actually that's the dopamine right And so knowing this means you can free yourself. You're going to start to recognize, I hope, just by knowing this now, 
you're going to become conscious of where you're doing this. And next time you feel that pull, you probably, I hope anyway, will recognize what's going on. And this is how you break the cycle. I hope it's also given you the motivation to heal, to do the healing work. Because as long as you're, you can see now that as long as you're letting those wounds just stay open, your actual nervous system is responding and you are making yourself so much more prone to seek him out unconsciously. Unconsciously, when you're in your wounded feminine, you will seek the wounded masculine, right? And you do deserve better than that. You deserve to break that habit. And we can only heal ourselves, right? Like I said, I don't mean to shame anyone in the wounded masculine or the wounded feminine, but each can only do their own healing. So you cannot heal heal him. You cannot heal him, but you can heal yourself. And when you heal yourself, you no longer go into these patterns. You no longer find those hits so attractive. And instead, you start to find that level, consistent, divine energy extremely attractive. And I'm speaking from experience. If I can do it, you can do it too. And if you want to do this, if you're ready to do this, come and join me in the Goddess Inner Circle which has just been relaunched, I will personally coach you inside to do this healing work, to heal and embody this divine feminine energy so that you attract better in your relationships because you're a match for it, but also in all areas of your life because your feminine energy is your magnetism. This is a membership now. It's a stay as long as it serves. So it's exactly what I wanted. It's so accessible, but yet so powerful. Still get that personalized element group coaching calls. There's also a monthly module that's dropped for you to work through with the handbook where you do the inner work. There is a Voxer support where you can ask as many questions as you want and you can get voice note responses if they need them. We're talking through your beliefs, situations, narratives, all of this, all of this good stuff, which is where you really do the healing. The link is in my bio. If you're listening to the podcast, the link will be in the show notes. And we start in August, so don't wait too long. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your questions, Ruth, and I will see you next time. So I hope you loved this episode. Thank you for listening and spending your time with me. And I really hope that it is empowering you and has empowered you to go for those goals and to know that you are so capable of manifesting all that you desire and all of that soulful success in your life, in your business, in your relationships, in any aspect that you desire it in. And if you did enjoy this episode, if you did find it helpful, if you did have some light bulb moments, please take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Leela Jasmine Sule. I would love to hear what you took away from the episode. I would love to hear how it helped you, but also it would be amazing if you could share the message and pass this on to more Grow Girls who would benefit from this. And if you share it on your Instagram stories, then of course, all the Grow Girls in your community will also be able to listen and enjoy the goodness as well. Until next time, Grow Girls, goodbye.